Put it close. Jordan, you peek out the mics all the time, man. You get excited. How about that? Is that better? I mean, we'll see how it goes this time. What if I want to be louder this time? You can be louder. Okay. <laughs> hey, guys. Welcome back to Beer Buddies. Uh, this time around, we have a, a new segment idea. Uh, we're thinking about doing sort of a, a brewery-focused podcast every now and again, picking a new brewery we haven't been to, grabbing three different crowlers of distinct different beer styles, and sort of going through it and seeing if we can sort of pick out a style um, that the brewery sort of has um, with everything that they make. Uh, yeah, in this this episode, we chose Three Mile from mm-hmm. Davis. I oh, yeah. sent Chris out to Davis a week ago to just grab a crowler or something, and they had a cool yeah. crowler deal. Oh, yeah, it was um, uh, picnic day mm-hmm. in Davis. They had the three crawlers for 24 or you can pay 12 for one. And I said, obviously, we're going to get three. <laughs> right. <laughs> it helps us try out more of their stuff. You know, they have a, they have a pretty good selection. They're a pretty good board. Cool. So, so. Uh, I haven't gone, so uh, Chris, go ahead and give them, like, a perspective on what – what was the brewery like, I guess? Is it – right. if you had to compare it to another brewery that people maybe so, have been to? There's an asterisk here because – it was picnic day in Davis. Uh, anyone who's ever been to UC Davis picnic day, it's pretty nuts. People everywhere. Um, I'm sure this isn't normally the case, but on picnic day they had a bouncer outside, like out by their patio area, that was checking IDs and giving people wristbands on the way in because there were so many people that made it more efficient for people to come in and order beer so they have to check their ID every time at the counter. So I talked to the guy for a minute. Yeah, he said it's not normally that crazy, but they do have like an outdoor patio area. It's kind of like in a little courtyard, okay, if you will. So there's a little patio area with some tables. It's really nice outside, and then you go inside, and it's kind of like, I would say, a more well-lit, a little bit different atmosphere version of, like, Final Gravity with less beer fridges. They still have beer fridges. Like, all these three of these crawlers that we got were prepackaged. So they, they pre-did them that day, put them in a refrigerator so you can buy them. They labeled rows and stuff like that. Or you can walk up to the counter, and they had, I don't know, 12, 15 maybe, the most beers on the board. But they were all different. Like this one we got tonight, we have a hazy one. Uh, or it's it's maybe not a hazy, because it says not hazy. I'm not sure. It was kind of unclear the way they wrote it, because it was a handwritten board. So we'll have to see on that one. Uh, we had a red ale. Uh, we also got a boysenberry, some sort of sour type collaboration with uh, Crooked Lane. Okay. And Jordan and I were talking about this. The Crooked Lane is one of those breweries that's, that's pretty legit. We like almost everything they make, and they're not usually the type to pair with a brewery unless they know it's going to be something good. Yeah. Right? So this sounded promising. And then they also had, like, a really uh, awesome-looking, like, a – oh, what was it? It was a stout, but it was, like, a Russian stout. And then they had a, an, a double IPA, and I believe they had a pale ale. And then they had – um, a couple others that looked interesting that they just didn't have in cans anymore. They had a, a barrel-aged sort of imperial stout that was a that looked pretty good. It seemed to be pretty popular, but they didn't have any cans, so they couldn't get any. So what do you want to start so, with? So we'll 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 start pouring something. Yeah. So the, I would say let's start with the we don't want to go light to dark, right? So that's where it gets tricky. So we have an IPA, a uh, some sort of sour type thing, and a red ale. So, so red's, red's normally in the middle, but 
Do you put it in the middle between a sour and IPA? No, I mean normally I would put the sour. I would put. I would. I was thinking red last. I would. I would think that. Should we drink it in the order that it's canned here? IPA, boysenberry, and then. Sure. There's the ah. Yeah. I mean, I think the etiquette would be to drink the sour first, then the IPA, then the red. All right, let's do that. But I, you know, I don't think it really matters. I don't think this is. This isn't like the most ideal flight. Um, so I'm just going to pull this. <laughs> yeah, I got it. Not for drinkability. I just wanted us to get a, a decent cross-section of no, some beers. And it, as only having an ab- ability to try three in that day. And for the sake of transparency, um, when we when Chris got these beers, we weren't planning on doing this type of podcast. We I just realized that with three crowlers uh, in the fridge, it would be really cool to... Um, try this and see if we could, uh, you know, having never had any of the beer from the brewery, drink three pints from the brewery and... Ooh, sorry, I'm almost knocking this shit over. There we go. I just want to get it closer to... There you go. Beep! Start over. <laughs> um, I'm to get three pints from the brewery. Yeah, if we could add yeah, three stuff. pints from the brewery and try a couple different beers and see if we could pick a style, if we like the brewery, I don't know, and just kind of see. Well, this is kind of what we do when we go somewhere that we haven't been. We we either do a flight or we get two or three half pours, uh, try and like hit different parts of the board and get a feel. And the one thing you touched on at the beginning of the podcast here was that uh, we're trying to uh, taste these three beers to see if we can come up with a a style, a flavor style for Three Mile. And you know, I've talked about getting, we've, we've kind of gotten really into hops. We're, I'd say we're pretty knowledgeable, not quite 100% there. Much better than we were at knowing hops when you taste them. Next up would be malts. In my personal opinion, I think the malt and yeast combination for the beer has more to do with the brewer's style than the hops they use. Unless you use a signature hop every time. Like we know Thin Line uses a lot of Columbus. Mm-hmm. He likes Columbus a lot. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but a lot of times, like when you taste a New Glory beer, like we, we always taste uh, New Glory beers. You know it's a New Glory beer, a beer because of the malt or their malt paired with the expressive mm. yeast or normal ale yeast. You know, it just has that specific – there's a specific flavor with their grains. So this isn't a hazy. So, no? But it's got that, like, cloudy thing going for it. Yeah, it's it's not transparent. It's not like a West Coast. It's probably more like an American. Do you call mm-hmm. American? So I'm going to read what's on the can. Uh, Three Mile Craft Beer contains the most magical potion on earth. Oh, it will cure baldness. It will make your elbow feel like playing tennis again. Those two left feet, you'll groove like death at the last family wedding. Embarrassing. Okay, full disclosure, we can't guarantee these things. But one thing we can guarantee is our full commitment to you, our customer. Thank you for supporting us. In return, we will continue to provide quality craft beer with only the finest ingredients. Mm. That is the weirdest thing that anyone has put on a, be- a can of beer. That's too bad. So, I was getting my hopes up there, Jordan. So, right. Um, at my tennis elbow, you know, it's just been killing me. Did they, when you were there, so on the can, it says 2018 silver medal winner session IPA. Are you? They had a session on the board. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just didn't. So, unfortunately, when I was in there, um, let me. How do I word this? I did not have the opportunity to do any samples because there, there were was hundred thousand other people in there. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I did not want to waste everyone's time and sit there and go. Mm, if I'm not gonna have any beer, I'm just gonna take it home. Right, <laughs> you and I could do that later. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But uh, their session did look pretty good. A lot of people ordered it in front of me. Uh, a lot of people ordered that Russian Imperial Stout. 
Uh, and a lot of people ordered, I think, this boysenberry ginger, uh, whatever type of beer. I forget what kind of beer it is mm-hmm. um, that we got. They seem to be pretty popular. It was also kind of a warm day. I'm sure that helped a lot. Mm-hmm. But the lady at the counter was really awesome. I uh, got the three crawlers, and she rang me up. And I asked her if these three were a good cross-section or a good sample. She said, yeah, I get, these are pretty good. You know, she asked if I tried the session. I said no, but they didn't have any crawlers of it at the time. So I didn't get a chance to try it, but we might have to go back and, and taste it. But, I mean, the metal winners at breweries yeah. are usually pretty good. You know, when Chris and I go <clears throat> do a flight at a brewery, if there's a collab, I'll try to get a collab. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's a metal winner, I'll try to get a metal winner. In addition to that, I'll try to balance out, you know, the styles yeah. and kind of try it. Like something hoppy, something sour, something dark. Like but, something borrowed, something blue, something blue, yeah. something new. Whatever. Yeah, so that's kind of what these these three crawlers were, the ones that were available in the fridge to go immediately. Uh, and then I told her it was my first time in, and uh, she gave us stickers, which I thought was really cool. So a lot of places don't give you merch the first time you go in there. Like, assuming – I told her I'm not from around there. I'm from out of town. I was working in Davis. just happened to be in the area. There, You probably won't assume I'm coming back, but she gave us stickers, gave us some merch. I thought that was pretty rad. So, so it's cool. This has the mouth feel of a hazy. Yeah. But it generally, I mean, it still has. It's got a bite to it though. It's a, a little, little bit more a bitter. little crisp on the end too, mm-hmm. which is I don't know. It's just it's kind of like fifty-fifty. A little hazy, a little West Coast. So <clears throat> you want to hear something really interesting? Tastes like it's been dry hopped. Yep. So remember when we tried hazy panic? Yes. This is better than Hazy Panic, just so we're clear. Yes, I would say this is what I was expecting Hazy Panic to taste like. When you think Hazy Panic, this is it's actually more of a West Coast than I realized when we poured it. Even though it's very, very pale yellow malt, uh, yellow color. Uh, yeah, like a pale, pale it's, malt. Yeah, but it's very, it's got that citrus note to it, like a, kind of a citrus bitter Not to quite, it. Not uh, quite. So Panic has a lot of grapefruit to it. Oh yeah, so, so it without have the grapefruit. much grapefruit. Yeah. So, but you're right. This is. It's more of so, a West Coast than I was expecting it to this be. This is more in the breadth of what I expected Hazy Panic to be, which yeah. I think we were both... I was a little disappointed. Right. I was going to say, I, was, I mean, I'm a, Track 7 is my favorite mm. brewery. I'm a Track 7 fanboy, but... Hazy Fresh Squeezed. Does it remind you of that? If this was made with a darker malt, yeah, then it would be closer. Mm-hmm. Um, I, this I, is just good. I'm, I'm yeah. impressed, actually. I... I don't think <clears throat> this doesn't go on like my list, my beer list of you know beers that just left like an overwhelming impression. But if we had to grade this, um, you know, one of the things I thought about before we even turned the mic on was what if we graded these and started doing like a score sheet. But I think mm. I mean this isn't B B range territory. Yeah, this is, if this is the only beer I ever had from this brewery, I would tell people they're pretty good. Yeah, you know what I mean, like be like oh this like, is solid. This is B, put, like like an eighty six, like not quite yeah. a B plus, but. Yeah. They got their stuff together. Yeah. You know, so after it's one of those things we we're just talking about this on your San Diego trip you just had. Uh, well, partially San Diego trip, but like if once we try these other two, we'll have a better idea. But I'd put them on par just tasting this one with like Belching Beaver, most of the stuff they put out. Yeah. But we're going to have to try these other two to kind of make sure. Like, <clears throat> but just without the name, you know? Yeah. I would say because the only, the only hazy IPA or IPA in general by them that I could think right off the bat that I would rather have would be Digital Bath. I think Digital Bath is oh, better. Oh, yes. But, but that's, the rest of yeah. that Deftone series, I don't. I think this is better than. You're like, I think so, yeah. Like Phantom Bride, I think this is better than Phantom Bride. Mm-hmm. Um, 
We had um, Swerve City, which was okay. You know, that was the bomber with the weird label on it. I had a long time I ago. I think, like... There was one more, wasn't there? Because there Going back to Ocean Beach Breweries, I think this is better than Helms. I think this is better than Culture. Yeah. It's saying a lot, too, because those are... Uh, those were good breweries. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, though. We got Once we try these other two, but I don't think we're going to change our mind. But this this uh, group hug, not hazy IPA, is really good. I yeah. would say it's a solid win. Yeah. <clears throat> Especially because, you know, I had a mediocre beer night where we had a couple IPAs a couple weeks ago where we both left me like, ah, I mean, it was all right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we even had a revision hazy in, in that lineup. That was the first revision hazy that we were kind of oh, like, excuse ah. me. Yeah, it wasn't blown away. That's what I was going to say. There's some beers that we drink that I would put. Mm. Sorry, that, that aftertaste, that malt on the back end just kicked, kicked in. A little it's bit good. More. It's got almost a Sacramento feel to it. <clears throat> well, there's from Davis. It's yeah, there, but, but we were talking about this. I don't, I don't think it was on an episode. I think it was just you and me just hanging out talking. Um, there's like We tasted, oh, you know what it was when I saw you at work? You gave me a sample of Stone IPA, and I hadn't had it in a very long time. Drank it. I was like, you know what? This definitely tasted like it's from San Diego. Mm-hmm. It's got that taste. And that's, I think, what we started talking about, regionality. Mm-hmm. Uh, this definitely tastes like a Central California, North Cal type of beer. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> 100%. Yeah. It's – yeah, we're – I mean, so far we're impressed. Like, I uh, – I've heard nothing but good things about this place. We're just in Fair Oaks and – Orangevale and drive out to Davis is a little far because yeah. on those drives we're driving past New Glory, we're driving past Track 7, driving past Claim State. Yeah, all of Barrel District. Right, right. the Barrel District is all the 15 stuff minutes downtown. up the road for us. Yeah. Oh, there's Porch a lot of light. downtown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> field work. Tower, field work, uh, Big Stump. <clears throat> New Helvetia. Right, we're driving past yeah. the whole, beer, like to go to Three Mile or even uh, Urban Roots. We're driving past, uh, and we're, yeah. some of these are breweries we haven't even had a chance to go to yet. Mm-hmm. Um, being, let's see, Urban Roots and Big Stump, which we've had some Big Stump oh. stuff. Oh, man. But, uh... That was that was a very nice evening that we had the other night, Jordan, that uh, we're in, in, in your front room. We, hey. We had the lights <laughs> dimmed a little bit, and we had uh, <laughs> that pastry stout paired with the frozen... Uh, right, the pastry the, stout from Big Stump with what was a, that egg thing you a had? Seize Candy Bordeaux egg. Ooh, that was, that was just delightful. Yeah, it was pretty <laughs> that was great. Nice. That was a nice evening. <laughs> yeah. Mm, that was a very good pastry stout, too. And it's a good... The Bordeaux egg was really, went really well mm, with it. In fact... Mm, yes. I don't know if I could drink that pastry stout by itself now. In fact, I have another Bordeaux egg in the freezer where I'm like waiting to buy that pastry stout again and do it. Well, the other night we found that pastry stout, so just go buy some more. Well, I was thinking about doing it with Growler Gang at our next meeting. Oh, you're going to blow their fucking minds, dude. Because they don't think they know Paris very well. No, I don't think so. This is going to be – well, I'm down again, obviously, 100% in with any any pairing, but – Jordan's just been killing it with the pairings lately. So we did, uh, you could call it a pairing at the last Growler Gang, the beer that you brought, and you had the jalapeno cheesy bread and then the barbecue chicken pizza with, what did you bring? What beer was it? What did it? Where did it even go? Uh-oh. It's getting old. I know. <laughs> oh, I brought, um, it was from Claim Steak. I brought 
Mine wasn't a good pairing. No? Mine was a dark beer. Mine was a rye porter. The... I thought it went really well with, like, the barbecue chicken pizza and, like, the jalapeno cheese Oh, the cheese porter bread. did? Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, because you're talking barbecue sauce. Right barbecue, yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. Oh, well, good. I'm glad you enjoyed yeah. it. And then rice has got a little spice to it. I didn't even think it, that, little... like, that oh, was yeah. such a wonderful pair. Well, good. Thank you, Chris. That would be the way to go. <laughs> no, it's, uh, that was good. This, what would you pair with this one, though? What would you pair with this? Kind of, kind of American, but also mostly kind of a you know, hazy I wouldn't, smelling. I think coast. this is the, one of the reasons why this is so great is that this is a beer that, like, so when you're doing beer with food, right? And there's so many beers, like, not to compare this mm. to Budweiser, but if you think of like a Budweiser, Budweiser will go if you're doing like hot dogs, you're doing burgers, <clears> you're doing whatever you're doing, yeah. Budweiser's gonna go mm-hmm. because it just doesn't get in the way, and you can yeah. have a beer. Right, and that's what kind of gets tricky with pairings is how do you balance the food with the beer to where it's actually mm-hmm. like an equitable experience mm-hmm. and the beer is actually playing a role in enhancing your palate. Yeah. What I think is kind of nice about this beer is that it's really, really high quality. Yeah. It's not just like oh, a, yeah. like one of your basic IPAs. At least to me, I really get a lot out of this beer. Yeah, that's what I was But saying. it's still it's... drinkable enough to go with so mm. many things. Like this could go with burgers just fine. This could go with well, like – I was going to say... You're this, doing like a grilled chicken sandwich. Like, this will go, like... Well, check this out. This beer has enough personality to it where I'd say it would pair with friends on, like, an evening after doing, like, yard work or hanging out. Like, you know, like what we're doing tonight if we we're hanging out outside because it's a little bit warmer. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're not drinking food. Maybe you're just, just kicking it next to the pool and just talking for a bit. This is, like, one of those beers that's perfectly, um, you know, it's got body to it. It's got bite. It's got flavors. Uh, but you don't... Maybe you don't have to pair it with something if you wanted to. You can pair it with chips or a burger or whatever, but it has enough presence on its own to drink by itself too, which isn't very common. Which it has just enough presence to where we could each have a pint mm-hmm. and feel like we didn't need to keep drinking. Yeah. But also yeah. it's crushable enough to where like on a day like today where it's warm up by the pool, we could get three or four crowlers crowler of these and just keep tipping oh, back. Yeah. So this is the kind of stuff like when I'm looking for something, it's at night, I'm doing homework, I'm just hanging out. You know, I want something to like – Keep my taste buds entertained while I'm doing work and uh, maybe a pint before I go to bed kind of deal. Uh, yeah. This is the kind of thing I'm looking for. Uh, this is why I've been drinking a lot of Revision lately and a lot of New Glory Hazies lately. Uh, it's just because I can sip one over an hour. I know an hour, hour and a half is a long time to be sipping one pint. But <coughs> it's me. just it's just enter- entertains your palate just enough where you just have a little sip. You can work through it and taste the initial flavors, the aftertaste, the breakout, the breakdown. You can taste the hops. You can taste the malts, mm-hmm. all the subflavors. It's just really nicely yeah. done. I think it's hard to put your finger on anything that's just – it's just a really well-made solid IPA. Uh, and Chris and I are usually pretty picky with IPAs. I think a lot of times yeah. when we get IPAs, we really – Think like okay, this is good, but it didn't do anything for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. As much as we're we're on the IPA train in the sense that we drink them and we love IPAs, and when we see a, a good IPA come out, or at least when we read about the cam releases on social media, oh, and we are, read the descriptions, oh, be like, hey, this, these are the ones we want to go get. Mm-hmm. Um, we're de- we definitely get hyped up over the IPAs, but we don't we don't ride that train nearly as hard as other people. Yeah. And so mm. this is just it's just tastefully done like it just checks a lot of boxes across the board you know what i'm gonna say i'm gonna call this a west coast hazy tell me i'm wrong i don't know how i don't know how and i think like does this and this is where you and i wonder like does this count as just an american ipa then like what's the distinguishing thing between that then 
So you know your West Coast citrus, like you know lemon, orange, grapefruit, tangerine. Be careful what you say, because I'm pulling up the beer app. Pull it up. Go ahead. Uh, a lot of uh, you know a lot of citra hops, a lot of um, Simcoe hops, a little bit of Amarillo, um, a couple of other ones that you know like Centennial. Uh, then you have your hazies from the Northeast, which are a lot of mosaic, a lot of citra, a lot of Amarillo, a lot of Eldorado, a lot of Galaxy, uh, a lot of Enigma, if you can find it. Um, this is Columbus, just unfiltered. Like, yeah, but but here's the thing. This tastes like a lot of the Northeast hazies that we had if they leaned a little bit more towards the West Coast no, you style. Can, your West Coast hazy, I know your argument. And you're, as far as how this tastes, you're entirely accurate. I'm just um, trying to nitpick. <clears throat> I think this is the difference between uh, this is an unfiltered IPA versus the Northeast hazy style. Well, so this isn't really a hazy style. It's not a hazy style. But it's unfiltered, it's a, which it's, gives... Here's the funny part. So which it's gives you a similar... Dry hopped. You know it's dry hopped. Yes. It's an unfiltered, dry hopped West, West Coast, Coast IPA. <laughs> yes. Right? Yes. So what's the difference between a Northeast hazy and an unffiltered, dry hopped West Coast IPA then at this point? You know what I mean? Well, it's got to so be the hop the, variety, right? Hop variety. And the also, malt, I think... Maybe a little malt, bit. But I don't... I think this has more hops in the boil... Yeah, than a probably. traditional Northeast Hazy would. Yeah. So I think it's not only the hop selection, but it's when it's being added in the brew process. Yeah, Northeast are more dry hop. These are more boiled well, hop, right? So. Well, the, it also depends on what, what hop it is and when you add it to the boil mm-hmm. and what like how long it's been in the boil. Yeah. Um. So it sounds it, – well, it tastes like this beer uses hops in the boil for a mo- more prolonged period of time. You know what I'm going to say? Which I'm actually curious now. I kind of want to get a hold of Three Mile and ask them, but – I would say, you know, this one definitely has mosaic and it definitely has citra. Probably a little bit of Simcoe. I'm going to say it was boiled with Simcoe and mosaic and dry hopped with citra. That's my guess. You're probably pretty close. Um, the next, okay, so the next level for this type of segment mm. is getting a hold of the breweries that we haven't been to or even breweries because I think Thin Line would be a perfect candidate for this. Going to Thin Line with like a prepared list of questions and interviewing a brewer mm-hmm. and saying, "Hey, what is your take on brewing? Like, what do you like? What do you really strive to push for when you're brewing? And like, make part of the episode actually brewing or not brewing, interviewing the head brewer about their philosophy of brewing, yeah, or what they try to do with the beer, and then we'll do our part where we take the beer, you know, over here and drink it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll bring two or three. Well, probably three. Mm-hmm. You know, different things. why don't we do that for our Moxa segment that we still have to do? So we still haven't been to Moxa. It would be really interesting to talk to their head brewer and um, see what his intentions were when he's making all these beers. Because now they're considered, what, the sixth best in the world or something like that? Right, Sticks? Mm-hmm. So. I, don't, I mean, I've heard from a lot of people that Moxa's a little snooty. There's zero mm-hmm. shade being thrown there. I don't think we would, with our podcast with like 12 followers that we would get in <laughs> maybe not but uh if you okay in. if you make that happen i will go <laughs> so we'll go that's what what we were originally talking about doing for the podcast was getting uh, a couple flights at the brewery and just doing a live podcast there like on location while we're drinking the beers in the atmosphere talk about what it's like to be there talk about what it's like to taste everything i think it'd be weird i don't think i could do it you know they sell so? out there for me all right, but that, that was the original idea. I think yes. this would be a better version of that, like going there, 
talking to the head brewer while they're you know open, talking about the atmosphere and what they intended to have the the place look like. What's the feel? What are they trying to uh, go for with their beers? You know, what's the atmosphere? And then take some home. We'll do a, like a tasting like we did for this one, and uh, see how close they got, or see if we get the same reaction from what they intended us to do have. You know, no, that makes sense. You're right. So it's been a long week. I feel like I'm burping a lot and not making very much sense. No, I mean, and so that's a very underdeveloped idea, if I could be as transparent as possible. We haven't no. even figured out what we'd want to really ask the brewer. Mm-hmm. We just thought about that literally five minutes ago uh, <laughs> on this podcast. Because I think, or even maybe not even including that interview portion, like we don't have to necessarily record the interview, but just hmm. interviewing for our own knowledge and getting perspective and then going and talking talking about it yeah. on the episode. You know, it's one thing we don't have uh, for this podcast is a viewer or listener interaction portal. So we could have taken a vote to see if any of you guys wanted to hear either a live or uh, a read, you know, written Well, Chris, interview, that's but your fault. I know. Well, <laughs> oh, man, if you guys only knew the craziness that went on behind the scenes getting this podcast even launched in the first place. The first episode was recorded like two months before it was launched. Just because of all the crazy hoops jumping through, figuring out all the stuff. Uh, it's just like an idea that Jordan and I had, and I just made it happen. But that's mm-hmm. Neil's pace. Well, we started with articles, too. <laughs> yeah. We started with articles on Chris's website talking about oh, uh, yes. comparing camera stuff to beer and sort of the lens that we'd use. And that's, no pun intended. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was. there's some good stuff on there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it, it's funny because a lot of, uh, especially the guys, like when I'm doing family f- shoots, like photo shoots, I shoot a bunch last week. Uh, the guys think that's really interesting. Every once in a while, I get like a mom or a girlfriend or fiance or some a girl that thinks it's pretty cool too. But it's mostly the dads. I, I've earned a lot of points with dads, which usually photographers for family pictures, like that's like their least favorite person. Like they don't, the dads don't like taking pictures. But if they can come talk to me about beer for a little bit. Uh, you know, it's not so bad, right? <laughs> so they they have stuff. It's not just like girls going looking at pretty things on my website. It's also guys going to look at. Uh, different beers and then also camera people can look at different camera equipment and see comparisons between the equipment comparisons of the equipment from you know normal use to extreme usage uh, it's it's that was an interesting thing we started doing and uh, we kind of I think we should do another one soon so trying to think about like a new article to do would be that would be interesting because we've done comparisons between like the same manufacturer, different lenses. We compared it to different beers from the same place. We compared different styles to different lenses for different purposes. Uh, we did travel stuff. We did, oh, I don't know, man. Like, we're about to brainstorm that one. Because people like those. We just haven't put out one in, in a while. Not since the San Diego so, trip. No, but that was a good one. That was a good one. That's something that I always get asked because... Um, Photography nowadays is much different than it used to be. Ooh, here's an idea. Do a comparison between uh, like Coors and Budweiser and like my film camera and then like the crazy, like the craziest beer that we can find from the newest brewery we can find with my new camera <laughs> and talk about the differences in the, in the appeal uh, and the intent and the artistry and the ability Diversity. Okay. That might be interesting. Okay. Because that's one thing uh, we could ask, or I could ask a lot at least. Um, 
one of the reasons why we did that San Diego article uh, where we're talking about the difference between uh, like the old school film people using the Nifty 50, which had a really wide range of apertures, versus the new cameras that have a really wide range of ISOs. So you can use almost any lens. So, uh, yeah, just different application, different limitations of technology at the time. Comparing old beer versus new beer would be interesting. Yeah, I'm down to do that. I mean, yeah. it's your website. It's your can. I mean, I don't know enough about cameras to really <laughs> contribute. I mean, the beer, the beer portion of the articles is where I really shine, and that's that's about it. Yep, Jordan's been the official taster. Yes. He gets an honorable mention every article. Yes. He takes some sort of goofy picture of us drinking while we're, you know. Yes. It's usually a pint or two deep. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That San Francisco picture, though, man, people love that picture of you. That was just under some street lamp in San Francisco. People love it. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> it's like two and a half pints deep and was feeling really loose. Yep, just walking around the city. That's probably the wrong word to use walking around San Francisco. Loose? Maybe. Maybe for you. I don't know. Some of the people it works, but... I mean, where? <laughs> All right. Quit nursing your beer. Group hug, not hazy IPA. I thought it was pretty Gets good. Gets a gold star. It's yeah. a gold star. It showed up. All right. So far, three mile, one crawler down. Feeling pretty good about three mile. <clears throat> All right. This one is called Boysen. Sorry, Boysen Names Sue. There's a boysenberry ginger beer. I believe it is a sour collaboration with Cricket Lane. It is very pink. We'll pour some out here. Oh, boy. Oh, it's getting all over the pillow. Oh, no. <laughs> Hold on. I hate pouring crowds. Beer back. Pause. So <laughs> Jordan pours the beers. <laughs> I'm trying to pour it gently. All right. All right. Let's go up, 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 up. Stick the landing. Stick up, the landing. Up, there yeah. we go. <laughs> <laughs> Whew. I'm sweating over this one. That's Bro, this looks like cranberry juice. Yeah, it, it's oh. pretty red. Well, boysenberries are pretty red. They're, uh, you know, they're they're boysenberries. Well, even well, no, it's like an opaque cranberry juice. Oh, you're gonna get a little extra because you got a little foamy. Yeah, because you All right. sucked at this one or what? I can't pour crawlers. I don't know what's <laughs> wrong with me, but I can't pour crawlers without making a mess all <laughs> over the place. I just I blame crawlers. It's not my fault. Mm-hmm. I think uh, yeah. I like girls, man. You just gotta commit to it. Well, I'm trying to pour your beer nice. I know you like a nice pour. You know, I'm, I'm maybe I'm overthinking it. You know, I'm trying to take care of my boy over here. All right, so smell it, boysenberry ginger. Hmm. <sighs> not too much smell. Okay, good. I'm there too. It's not too much, which we're used to sours having a lot of smell to them. Mm. This isn't a sour. No. It's more of a saison. Is that what you think it is? I don't know. I wasn't there. Yeah, well. Could be. It's an ale. It has that back end that Saison's have, that little bit of a okay. funk in the rye, or like in the malt, I mean. Like, 
this weird, awkward bitter that's not quite a bitter. Like, if you let it kind of fade off and you taste that aftertaste. It's not nearly as fruity as you think it would be, based on the color. No. I think it's a saison. Great. I think that is a perfectly fine argument, and I don't have a counter-argument to that. So You know what? I was hanging out with my friend uh, Friday night, and uh, we were at Dad's Kitchen over here, and they had a saison. And he was telling me he didn't really like sours, didn't really like IPAs. Mm-hmm. Um, I told him to try a saison. And then we got into this discussion of what a saison is, and I was like, well, actually, it's kind of like whatever you feel like calling a saison, right? That's just kind of like, it's like the Wild West of making beer, isn't it? Like, it's such a really, it's a, such a broad spectrum of beers. So it's very much about brewer intent. Yeah. There is, let me pull up. There's a little, there's a couple, styles. there's like two rules. Um, but you can tell saison's got a little bit of a wild funk to it. If anyone's ever had a uh, sour mashed IPA. Or um, a wild, um, like anything made with wild yeast. It has that kind of taste to it. This one does. Excuse me, it was just similar to the last Saisons that we've had. <sighs> Before we started getting into beer, my understanding of, of Saisons, I have to bring this up, is uh, I thought they were uh, French farmhouse bathtub beers. Yeah, well, and I considered them the, kind of like the original craft beer. You know what I mean? So... Saison, quite aromatic with fruity, spicy, and hoppy characteristics. The esters can be fairly high and are often reminiscent of citrus fruits such as oranges or lemons. This isn't a very aromatic beer. Yeah, so I... Mm, It could be. It could be this. And that's where we get into, like, brewer's intent. We've, We've both had a couple different ones where... It's a it's a Belgian ale traditionally, but the way it gets brewed, I don't know. It's I mean, I, I'm googling it right now to figure out what exactly this is. It's not bad. It's good. And I think if we we're out in the sun, we were just talking about having a pool party, or like hanging out with your friends on an evening, you know, after you've done yard work or if it's a warm day. Right. If it was this like thirty degrees good. warmer outside, this would be really great. This is yeah. It's it, we're inside. It's you know, sun's gone down. It's not hot enough for this right now. I mean, it's still it's solid. It's not quite I think fruity this enough. Is C plus B minus level yeah. beer. It's still solid. Um, I would rather have this as a half pint than a full pint like we're doing, splitting a crowler. Yeah. Or I would. I mean, to be honest, I think it'd be most ideal in a flight. Like like this beer would be perfect. This would be a prime selection for me in a in a in a flight. This boysenberry mm. ginger combination, I'd be really interested to try yeah. it. I'd get my little two-ounce taster, <clears throat> sip on a little bit, move on. It's, uh, hold on. I want to untap. didn't really tell me much. This one, when I typed in the name of the beer, it's coming up as a Crooked Lane beer. Three Mile is not really mentioned on here. It's a collab, right? Yeah. There it is. It's on Three Miles' website, Boysenberry Ginger Pale Ale. Okay. That's what makes it. I didn't think it was a Saison, but I didn't know okay. what else to call it. 5.7% IB37. Three-year anniversary of Crooked Lane. They paired up with Three Mile Brewing, creating an ale uh, featuring boysenberry and ginger. Tart berries, slight spice... 
The fresh ginger uh, has a compelling fruit character with a dry finish. Does that seem accurate? I don't taste the ginger as much. Can I just say that? I don't no, really taste it. No, I get it. ginger. You get ginger? I get ginger a little bit more than I get boysenberry. Oh, all right. Let me open up the airways here. <laughs> You're such a dork. <sighs> oh, mm. Okay. Yes. There's more ginger in the beer. I think there's more boysenberry in the smell of the aromatics. Which is almost non-existent. Yeah. Almost non-existent, yeah. I wasn't... It's like a... Really, it's like a, a slightly fruity pale ale with ginger flavor that's packaged in boysenberry. Like, if you're talking about an orange, this would be like the peel. Yeah. Where the fruit is actually mostly ginger and... So the pale ale part is what that's a little bit of a bitter I was tasting. But if I didn't know any better, I would say this was a saison. If I just tried it. That wasn't no, you're right. But that's my personal opinion based on the ones that we've had or the ones that I've had. There's a case to be made because even in the description we're reading about this, like there's like a fruity characteristic, there's mm-hmm. a little bit of a spicy characteristic, mm-hmm. and it's an ale. So the pale yeah. ale, it's in, it's close in the, mm-hmm. it's in the family. Yeah. Uh, and there's definitely some overlap. But it's the pale ale part. It's a little more bitter. Yes. And that's that's the, that maybe that bitter flavor that I can't separate out from the grain is what's making me think it's a saison because saisons that I've had have a little bit of a f- weird funk bitter to them, and it tastes like it's coming from the grain most of the time. So this one is actually from hops. Dude, I think the funk comes from the ginger. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe, yeah. It's got kind of a, not quite a buzz to it, but like a, the ginger gives this beer a really weird personality. When you first put it in your mouth, you know, it feels like it should have more intense flavor than it does. Mm-hmm. But then it's also not mellow. It's somewhere in between. Yeah. It's like this ambiguously interesting ginger flavor. So... Group hug. Group hug was good. Seems to be very clearly our favorite between. Yeah. And right now, um, Boysen Named Sue is a comfortable second place. Still solid no, beer. No argument. I don't think, so the difference is I don't think I would get Boysen Named Sue again, but I would get uh, Group Hug, hands down. That if we So even mile, like Boysen Named Sue, if, if you felt like you wanted to try it, I would encourage people to try it, but oh, yeah. if people were like, I like don't know about beer. that. I'd be like, yeah, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I would. Uh, so to people who listen, who end up going to Three Mile, mm-hmm. yeah, try it. I think it's definitely worth right. trying within the context of a flight. So that's what I was just about to ask yeah. you. So if, say you're getting a flight of four or a flight of six, is Group Hug on it? Absolutely. Is Boys and Names Sue yes. on it? No. So yeah, 100%? yes, because so if I'm doing a flight of four, mm-hmm. and say they have twelve beers. Typically, what I try to do with the flight of four is I try to do something, something malty, something sour, something dark, something hoppy. This one, I was expecting it to be more sour than it was. Sure. So right? going going solely off of the the title of the beer, 
Mm-hmm. I know I would have pulled the trigger on it for my flight. And that's why, like, a flight of six is perfect because you can start to pick between the styles. So, like, okay, so I just went to Alvarado Street in Monterey. That's right. You had a really great time in Alvarado Street. A uh, really, really good brewery to check out if you guys are in Monterey. They have really fantastic food. You can bring the family. Oh, yeah. Uh, the beer is very reasonably priced. And you said the board was pretty killer. The board was pretty killer. It was about 18 selections. Uh, 15 to 18 selections. It was, it was a bigger board mm-hmm. and a very diverse style, a set of styles. So I had their Mai Tai PA, mm-hmm. which was their medal winner, right? Yeah. It took me, like, you know, I'll try to go for a medal winner mm-hmm. if they have one, uh, especially if I haven't been. And it was a nice citrusy, florally West Coast IPA. It was really great. Tasted kind of mm-hmm. like a Mai Tai, too. It was, it was nice. And then I had a Monterey Common, which... Uh, a Monterey Common, a Blueberry Sour, and a Pastry Stout. The Monterey Common was actually, I picked the other three. So I picked the Mai Tai PA, the, Boysen, or the Blueberry Sour, and the Pastry Stout. And I asked my server to pick a fourth one to round out my flight. Just be, and That's another thing I like to do sometimes <clears throat> if there's a oh, bunch yeah. of styles I can't pick between. Just to see, you know, the people that work there, what their favorite is. And that wasn't his favorite, but he said, you know, you needed you needed something else to kind of round out your flight to kind of get the whole tour. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's really important to kind of get like a different balance. So if you're if I mean if you're an IPA person, obviously get get a flight of IPAs, whatever. If you're a stout person, get a flight. Like, drink what yeah. you want to drink. Mm-hmm. But I think if you're really trying to get an idea of what a brewery does. Yeah. Going something hoppy, something malty, something sour, yeah. something dark. Yeah. Uh, and we I mean, come up with a term for that. And if you <laughs> diversify your flight, well, um, play the diamond, man. We'll do like a baseball reference. Yeah, and if you want to think you're something dark, is or something malty, and you want to double up on IPAs or double up on sours, like whatever. Yeah. But they had like a cryo milkshake IPA. I want, and I thought about trying that. Ooh. But uh, that my type PA was just calling my name, and I didn't want to double up on IPAs. I mean, it's well, you had such a good time in San Diego with that uh, pineapple, the Hawaiian blonde that we had, or the Hawaiian half that we had. Yeah, the fun the Hawaiian. Half. Yeah, it was a half. It was delicious. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the the pineapple beers or things like that lately, like the honey halves or like honey blondes that we've had, have been pretty good. Yeah. So I could see at well. So yeah, that's uh, why I think something multi yeah. is definitely worth it. Oh yeah. Like even that, that Monterey Common wasn't what I was thinking about getting, but he had me try it. It was good. It was like a Vienna Lager. Hmm. It's it well medium bodied, nice multi. Yeah, there you go. Finish. Like, it was it's good. It was really good. I was I even told. I mean, it was one of my favorite beers on the flight. I think the Mai Tai PA was my favorite, and um, the Monterey Common went real like was great. And it also just happened to go well with my food. I don't know if he was just rounding out my flight and picked something that went with my food. I didn't really ask him. But it just seemed to check all those boxes. Hmm. Uh, but, yeah, in the context of picking a flight, like, I would I would pick the boys and name Sue for a flight. I do think it's worth that. I do think yeah. – Okay. Um, I guess it depends on where you're at with your beer drinking journey. Like, I, I enjoy thinking – uh, like, well, or seeing experimental beers and think, oh, whatever, I'll do a two to three ounce pour of that. No problem. It's not a, it's not a big deal. Yeah. 
Yeah, and if you're at the brewery versus you're drinking it in my home, I'm sure that changes a lot of things. No, group hug you should try and probably consider taking home. Like, this is pretty good. Yeah, hands down. Every time I go there, I'm going to get probably at least a half port group hug. Every time. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, that's 100%. Like, I think the boy's name's Sue. If this was the – I don't know if this is their flagship IPA. I don't think it was. I think this is one of their experimental ones that they came up with. I think probably one of their flagship ones will be that Session or um, – uh, you know, but, it's hard to tell. But I would rather have this over Ubedank. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, just to put that in perspective for, like, if we have New Glory fans out. Like, and Ubedank's good. Yeah, I'd rather have this Ubedank's over Panic. Coast. Yeah, this this over Panic. But um, and, and Panic's good, too. Like, these are good, like, yeah. this is a good beer. But I don't think that's their staple. No. And that's where they kind of get the advantage is, you know, Panic and... Um, and that's where I guess I give Panic and Ubedank a little bit of like leeway as those are brewed year round and you and I've had them a lot. So maybe we're cooling off on it and maybe we're prisoner of the moment, if you will, mm-hmm. having it once like, oh, this is so good. But this is actually, I mean, it's at least on par with those flagship IPAs. Well, yeah, I think, I think this is a little bit more drinkable. I think you and I are leaning a little bit more towards the hazies right now because we had a lot of West Coast and then in the last like maybe a year or so we started getting the hazies. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to apologize to anyone that I ever called the douchebag for drinking hazies because they, you know, were right all along. Initially, I thought it was like a trendy hipster thing and ended up like, you and I liked a lot of hazies. We actually liked a lot of sours last year. If you listen to the New Year's podcast, surprisingly. Yes. I would say this one would be a West Coast hazy. Not this one. Sorry. We're drinking the poison. The one before group hug would be a West Coast hazy and Ubedank and... Uh, Panic are both West Coast traditionals. Um, I don't know if Track Seven has a hazy out right now, but would you? How would you compare this? Like, okay, so Group Hug. How would you compare that to uh, Fort Rock's Hazy Hop Goblin, which I would argue is their stable hazy. I like this better. Yeah. I just had Hop Goblin yesterday. Yep. Uh, hazy Hop Goblin is a little more dank than I'd like it to be. Okay. Uh, this, I mean, I typically lean, lean towards more of the, the citrusy, like the crisp finish. Yeah, this was very clean. Lean. This was very, very uh, good. Hazy Hobgoblin's good, though, but mm-hmm. I, I mean, I just, if I'm going to Fort Rock, I'm probably getting the Patagonia Pale Ale. Yeah. Or I'm getting Foggy mm-hmm. Goggles. Like, that's... Yeah, I'm just trying to compare this one, so you consider this one a West Coast Hazy. Um, you can't line it up with... You can't, pound you, for pound, it doesn't work as well. And you can't line up, but you can't line up with Hazy Hop Goblin pound for pound no, either, because I think yeah. Hazy, I, oh man, I would argue like it's closer to Hazy Hop Goblin. And, it is and I think panic. you really kind of outlined why this is so <laughs> dope. This group hug beer, it's a kind of its own thing, it's, right? It's, it's, it's like its own little category. Yeah, it's, we don't see very It's often. nice if for IPA drinkers out there who like feel like you have to pick between West Coast and Hazy. Mm-hmm. Three Mile just found a middle ground that gives you just enough like. Just enough, uh, like, the juiciness and the mouthfeel from a hazy mm-hmm. with that nice little crisp touch. And it's just a little poke at the end where you're like, ah, nice. Yeah, like, a little pine, a lot of citrus. Mm-hmm. It's not filtered, but it's still pretty crisp. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got a dry, not dry finish, but, you know, not quite a non-dry finish. It's kind of in the middle. Here's my question for you, though. Okay. <clears throat> what would you compare this uh, boysen named Sue too. What kind of beer have you had previously? It's like similar. And that's why I keep going back to Saison's. 
you're trying to describe this to someone who's never had this beer, but they've had, say they've had a pretty wide variety of beers, what would you compare this to? This reminds me of a hoppier version of a tart blonde I had at Asylum mm. Brewing. Okay. So, last Halloween, I was in Anaheim. Okay. I went to Asylum Brewing. I had a tart blonde with ginger, which okay. is where that similarity is coming from. Ginger, raspberry, mm. I think it was, and pomegranate. Those are a little bit more tart than boysenberry, I believe. Mm-hmm. But, and then this has this a little bit hoppier. Uh, this is... But that's the thing. Is you're comparing a blonde ale. This is a pale ale. So normally pale ales have a little bit more bite than blonde ales, right? But because those fruits are a little bit more intense, I think it it's makes up for. I mean, and this good, still right? and this still has more bite to it, and I think it speaks to that discrepancy you're talking about. Okay. Uh, it also kind of reminds me of some of the sours that Mraz puts out. Like Mraz put out like a like a raspberry. Sour that we had a little bit ago. It was almost a year ago, actually, where it mm. wasn't super sour. Did it have lactose in it? Maybe. Sometimes these sours that we drink, they have lactose in them, are like this, where they're not that tart anymore, but they're not really beer. Maybe. You know? You remember when we did that beer. sour day? Yeah. We did a raspberry yeah. sour from Mraz. I think that, that had a little, a little bit more. Bit like this. It tasted a little bit more like a a kettle sour, where it's got that. Tartness. This doesn't really have a tartness. I think right. it's got it's got more bitter. Right. And right. those are those those are the two beers that I can think of. And that's why if someone says, "Hey, should I get a pint of this?" I'm like, ah, I would get a half pour. You can do a half pour, put it in a flight. But I, yeah, a pint is a little. It feels kind but of. But it's worth putting in a flight because there's nothing yeah. else that we've had that tastes like this, and I think that's cool in and of itself. It's cool to just try it. It's not going to blow you away. It's an average beer, but it's... Can I say this? If it was at a high school dance, this might be one of the Wallflower beers. It's got its own little corner that it sits in, kind of with small Yeah, but it's friends. the Wallflower that gets to dance five or six times, not the Wallflower that sits in the corner the whole time. I can see that. It's, you know, it's the, the Wallflower that gets da- asked to dance. The, every the coolest kid in the chess club. <laughs> right that's yeah okay there you go right yeah. is that like it's kind of a weird thing where like it's its own the drum major and marching band like he's leading the whole thing like yeah but it's, it's 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 its own thing but it's really well done it's drinkable it's not a bad beer it's a pretty good beer um i wouldn't say too much time with this beer is is necessary you can get a feel for it having and, a, a like, three ounce pour or mm-hmm. a six ounce pour yeah, you don't need to do a full pint like Chris and I have done, which actually isn't really a pain to get through, if we're being honest. Of the because we've had some beers like, oh, there's no way I'm gonna get through this. And we did say if it was warmer, it would be a lot easier. This is a very drinkable, warm weather beer, which is, I think part of the reason why they brought it out because we had a pretty warm spring so far. It's been it's been up in the 80s the last few days, high 70s, low 80s. And so this would be like a perfect picnic beer, especially for people that don't like a really hoppy really crafty tasting beers so if like you're going sure, on a date you, especially something like picnic day where you're hanging out in the park with your friends or you're you know taking a girl out and you're hanging out and just having a lunch date or something you want to have a beer that's not really crazy but it's not plain this has presence it's got like a interesting flavor it's different it's fruity and it's not intimidating it's accessible well, for the most part right yeah 
Yeah. So, especially if you're out in the sun, it's a little bit warmer. Oh, you're good. Yeah. Are you still out there doing the other work? Yeah. You want some help? No, no, I'm almost done. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> I got friends from uh, school texting me about uh, project. Uh, so we have uh, so control system second semester. <laughs> project that's due on Tuesday or Wednesday night and the entire class is allowed to work together the teacher will give you a system and it has um, fluid mechanics it has physical mechanics so it's a basically a water pump but you're designing the controller the input for the water pump so that you push a button on the controller sends a voltage to the pump the pump moves at a certain speed and moves a certain amount of water mm -hmm. right but we don't know anything about the system. He just kind of gave us the system. He said, okay, you're designing the controller. Figure out how this system works. And then design a controller for it to make it work. Okay. Right? So lots of math. Um, you have a, this, all this crazy differential equations for each segment. So a series of differential equations that govern the mechanical, physical side, the um, fluid mechanics side, and then the electrical side. You have to relate all three of those together. Uh, with a function called a transfer function that allows you to create a controller that manipulates the system based on the output that you want, right? Mm -hmm. So a controller just sends an input signal. Right. Yeah. Well, but the <laughs> so <laughs> the mathematics for this problem, just to figure out how the system works, took up an entire whiteboard and then some. Well, that's fun. <laughs> and so we've been texting back and forth, and one of the girls from the class was like, "Hey, do you have a question about what she asked me about?" She's like, hey, where did you get this from? Uh, which is uh, a mass times uh, inductance and then uh, the derivative of pressure times N, which is a coefficient for something I can't remember, divided by area, divided by the area times the um, power transmission of something else. I was like, I, I don't know. We're recording a podcast. I have no idea. Like, <laughs> so I just sent her a picture. I was like, I can't help you right now. <laughs> I'm recording a podcast, we're drinking some beer, and uh, it's like, my bad. So my phone keeps going off. I don't think it's going to go off anymore for a while. Sure. <laughs> <Same> texting. <laughs> I can't do the maths right now. I can't. <laughs> right. Right. All right. You ready to jump back in? Yeah. Um, all right. So... The, if you had to name a common theme between these two beers, then you're talking about picnic day, and this is you know really great to just try and whatever. It's really really accessible. Yeah. What so is the what, about... what would you what would you like? I feel like there's there's some of that with group hug too. You know, mm -hmm. group hug's really great. It's right in the middle. I I would um, argue though that group hug, um, even though it's more drinkable. It's really only going to be appreciated by the people that really appreciate beer. Like you and I, I it took me a couple sips to get it. Oh, yeah, appreciated really like, oh. in, in its, its appreciated in its greatest intent, I guess, mm -hmm. would be like for what it really is. But I think like the average IPA drinker is just going to love the shit out of this beer. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, yeah. So if we had, we're two beers deep, right? If we had to peg. 
Three mile for a style so far, what would it be? Uh, I don't know if this one gives us an accurate version of what their style is, but I think if you really dig deep, um, I think that the um, the malt is very similar between these two beers. Sure. So I even think I think it's a little bit simpler than that. I think what is it? I think it's right now. So if I had to if I had to peg Three Mile solely off of these three beers, because uh, this next one is a is a Red Rider R Y D E R. This is a red ale made with rye, right? Yeah. So this and having not had this Red Rider yet, it. I would be willing to guess that Three Mile keeps plays it safe in the sense that all of their stuff's really accessible, but they do new things with accessible styles to keep the accessibility a little bit fresh. So this boysenberry yeah. ginger is pretty accessible, and yeah. it doesn't really like I don't love it, but it doesn't really deter me from it well, either. Here's the and funny same part. with group hug. Like here's the funny part. So most people. Aren't on our level of beer drinking. I'm not trying to, you know, make us sound all high and, high and mighty or whatever, but most people don't even really think about the order in which you should drink beers in a flight. And so those kind of people who are just going, oh, let's let's go, you know, try some craft beer, you know, this would be pretty easy to drink if you weren't really into beer. This would be really easy to drink. So with that group hug. I'm going to guess that that rye red is going to be very easy to drink, very accessible. It's not like you're saying. It's not taking too many risks. It's not really extreme. It's but, not it, crazy. but it's innovative enough for people like us to go it's, and have a good time and try it. Yeah, we can still appreciate it. Uh, people that are new to the scene uh, can still really, you know, they, they can really appreciate it. They can say they've tried a variety. Like, oh, we tried this uh, boysenberry pale ale. Ooh, you know, it's which is actually something that's not very common. Well, you and I would right. expect a little bit more out of this beer than what they delivered, but they're playing it safe. Sure. Right? I mean, oh, I mean, allegedly, allegedly playing it safe. Maybe this is really what the brewer wants. Maybe this is his path. I mean, yeah. But it's so, cool because it it doesn't. I mean, as much as you and I really like complexity and styles that sort of have a conviction about them. Well, that's what we're looking for. That's all I'm saying. We're, like, we're, right. we're looking for more. Most people aren't. Right. Right. So I mean, I don't know, man. It's. They, there's every everything is like right mm. in the middle of the road. You ready for this? What? We're used to people looking. We're looking for. Uh, we're sorry. This is the beer kicking in. We're the kind of people that are used to looking for grand slams. They're looking for base hits. Yeah. They're getting points on the board. They're I don't know, man. This, this group hug might not have been a home run, but it's it's a triple. Ooh, it's a triple. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, it's not a home run. And, and it almost went over the fence. Like, it's, it's a good. single. This is a single or a double, that boysenberry. It's a single or double, depending on your personal preference or your Yeah, it's taste. solid. He, he got on base. Yeah. We're two out of three. Two out of three. What do you and think? They were, they were a solid so, B. Now what are they? What, what are they at? They're what? They were a solid B, B plus with uh, Group Hug. Now we tried uh, one of their other experiments. And I think they put some that. trending B, B minus. Okay. I, I would put, I put boys in name Sue, B minus, C plus. Okay. Above average beer. I mean, mostly for the trendy factor, like a boysenberry ginger pale ale is something I would try. Like Yeah, it would. It's definitely worth a try. Um, um, I, I, I Having it once, would you have it again? No, but not because like oh screw that. Like if someone's like here, finish the rest of this. All right, cool, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm yeah. just not reaching for it first. 
Especially with, sense. with yeah. Group Hug. Uh, oh, group Hug's group dope. Hug's so good. Um, yeah. It's dope, but it's still... I don't. I, I really like to reserve the A category. Like, what if we give something an A for, like, beers that are really great? Yeah. Um, so we admit... This, this is, you know, a triple turning home run. This is... Probably a base hit, trending towards a double. Yeah. Uh, any predictions for this red ale, this rye? It's, I'm going to say it's going to be at least a double because uh, we usually like reds. I like rye. I'm not sure how you feel about rye. But one of my favorite IPAs of all time was Ruthless Rye from Sierra Nevada. Which I, I guess technically is a red rye IPA. Uh, we both like red trolley. Uh, we both like red bus from... No, the the brewery. That's the brewery. Yes, the brewery. What, what was that that red beer that we had from them? Yeah, I don't remember. It was okay. <sighs> we yeah. had a Fountainhead Red Ale, Imperial Imperial Red Ale that was good. Yeah. This is really dark for a red. I was just this is trying to like <laughs> this, this is, is like a Marzen. Like this is like almost like a. This porter. is as dark as Downtown Brown. Yeah. Oh, smell it. Speaking of Downtown Brown, smell it. So, do you think the mm. rye? Darkened it in color. It might have. It might have. I don't know enough to, to say either way. It's just a, an interesting question. Or do you think that they really thought that their red ale should be this dark? This is why anything they had Wait. to brew would be really cool. Think downtown brown, taste it, and tell me why it's not downtown brown. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's a little bit more caramely. But that's about it. It's very similar to downtown brown. Yeah, the spice from the rye gives it. It feels kind of yeah. like a brown ale. Yeah, I think that it. Well, that's really that's the cool part with rye. And now a lot of people don't like rye and beers. Uh, we actually talked to one of the brewers at New Glory about this, where he was saying that rye in malts is kind of a polarizing thing, and I don't understand why because rye has really interesting. Uh, elements are a really interesting kind of a facet if you're talking about diamonds. It has or, that traditional like toffee character going yeah. for it though. Well, this the, the the rest of the malt they probably only used a little bit of rye. It'd be like you know, it's probably more of a traditional what you see a red ale or a, or a brown ale with the darker malts. A little bit of spice from the rye. I mean, I can already tell you right now, this is not as good as Group Hug. Better than boysenberry. It's better than boysenberry, and this is a mm. this is a double, right? So you have the, kind of like a single, double, triple mm -hmm. um, yeah. kind of thing going for. I don't think any of these are a Look home run. Look at that. Chris did a good job picking beers. Chris did a great job. <laughs> Chris did a really good job. Um, oh man! But this red rider, like you need to try red rider. If you like reds, or if you like any rye beers, rye pale ales, rye ales, rye IPAs, whatever. This so good. Every, it, what's kind of cool about this is every single beer has been different than I expected it to be. It it might not have filled my expectations, but it, none of the beer has been bad, and it's been different than what I thought it would be, but in kind of a cool way, in kind of like, oh, this is you know like a fun way. You know, that's kind of what I wanted for this crawler, if you call it a crawler flight. When I looked at what they had in the fridge, I said, all right, they got a really awesome – I see a lot of people ordering this IPA. All right, they – the collaboration with Cricket Lane, that's a seller. I'm going to grab that. I was like, all right, what's in the middle? Probably this red ale. 
and the head crawlers of it. Boom. There you go. Dope. Right? And so there's a couple asterisks around this. Obviously, we took the crawlers that were available. Yep. And it was picnic day. Mm-hmm. Um, which which changes the scope of what we would like when we do these yeah. episodes in the future. It changes the scope of what we would have gone with. I'm sure if you and I had the time and it wasn't picnic day, we would have gone in. Uh, probably done a couple flights each of four. Uh, they had a board of I believe 12 to 15 beers. So between our uh, you know 16 samples that we got, we'd strategically you know stagger them so we can try out most of the beers. Would give us a very good idea of what this brew is all about. This, I figured, was a good cross-section if you can only pick three. And the deal was pretty good. I, I had to say, the three crawlers for 24 bucks is a pretty good deal. Burning Barrel has something similar. Burning yeah. Barrel has a three-crawler deal. Do you think their beer is on par with these guys? I would say they're, they're close, right? They're in the same conversation. Yeah. Like Burning so, Barrel doesn't blow me away. Like It's not my favorite yeah. favorite brewery in the world. Uh, so if you like Burning Barrel, you know, probably... Mm, I think the atmosphere at Burning Barrel is a little bit better. Burning but I Barrel's think the beer is a little bit better at Three Mile. So I guess it depends on what you're looking for. Jordan and I agree that if you're going to take someone on a date, Burning Barrel is a really awesome place to go because it's really pretty, it's really ornate, it's really nice inside, and the beer is good, and the people are nice there. Right, whereas like taking like Track 7, it's like an old abandoned warehouse in the middle of the fucking ghetto. Yeah. Like if, if you take someone there, they're, they're going for the beer. You know what I mean? You're not going for the atmosphere. You're going for the beer, and that's that's the appeal. Is that's that's kind of the cool thing. So this place was kind of in the middle. It was kind of like a, a little bit different version of New Glory, and not New Glory. Sorry, we keep saying New Glory. Uh, Final Gravity. If Final Gravity made their own beer, that's kind of how it felt. Built. Yeah. So you've gone, and now you've had the beer. Mm-hmm. Do you think you'd go again? I think it comes back to what you and I just talked about, where we live. On the opposite side of Sacramento from Davis. If I'm driving that far, uh, I'm probably, like like when I went to get these a couple weeks ago, I was there for work. I was already there. If I'm already in Davis, yeah, I'm going to go to Three Mile. That sounds good. If I want a beer, great. If I'm going from here to Davis specifically for beer, probably won't be these guys because a couple of my favorite places are half the distance from here. That's that's kind of my argument. Like if we're going so, for a, so to put that in perspective, they're not better than Track Seven or New Glory or New Glory or, or Fieldwork or Claimstake or Claimstake or Thin Line. I think so, they're close to Thin Line though. Like I, so, I love Thin Line. I I think Thin Line's a little bit more creative with them. The, yes, with their stuff. Yeah, they, you know, they take Thin a Line's little bit more risk. ahead, but uh, yeah. If, if this is an 82, I think Thin Line's like an 85. So are you saying for most people that are, are marginally uh, beer drinkers, like they wouldn't be able to tell the difference between these guys and Thin Line. Yeah. If if you really, I mean, that's not that's not a diss. That's just saying you and I are super beer nerds. We're a very small percentage of the population. Most so people are. These guys just do some good stuff. Like I they think do good like, stuff. And, yeah. And, like if I had to rate the brewery as a whole, they would probably be like an 85. And the fact that I have to drive there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Puts if, them like to an 82. But like if they were right next to Thin Line. Yeah, that might be tough. Like, they're good. They're yeah. they're good, and that's yeah. like, and we love Thin Line. Yeah, um, Thin oh, Line's yeah. dope. Thin Line's just super cool. Um, and these guys, <laughs> uh, like Thin Line's like my next. Like that's where I want to go and like uh, see if we can. Yeah. Um, if we do a, an interview like with a, the brewer. like a spotlight for yeah. for Thin Line. Ooh, maybe that's our next spotlight. That's what I wanted to do. Yeah. I don't really care about Moxa. I mean, I think doing three crawlers of Moxa would be fun too. 
Burning um, Barrel deserves a spotlight too. They're they're dope. I yeah. they're not my favorite. They're okay. I think they're a little overhyped. But they're, they are a little good. overhyped. But they're good. The, but the thing is though, um, if you take their beer away from Burning Barrel, like you, we have the three crawlers here. If you go to Burning Barrel, this is what we did. We got three crawlers, brought them home, drank them. When you're not surrounded by the really nice aesthetics, the really nice staff, uh, you know, it's it's a little different. It we, would come out kind of like this. Yeah. Burning Barrel is a place that you go to. You go there for the experience. And Again, a large, perfect place to take a girl on a date. Exactly. If a girl likes beer, you're just grabbing a pint. Like even yeah. there's a deli next door. You can order oh, sandwiches yeah. on the tablet. Like you can you can do a lot of things. Who doesn't love sandwiches? And she doesn't have to make it. Oh, I'm gonna have to cut this out, Jordan. Hmm. Oh, what? My sexist joke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we just lost half our viewers, Jordan. Fifty-one percent actually, because there's more women than men. How do you like that? No, mm. to be to be fair, <laughs> a girl that can make a sandwich, damn. Oh, agreed. Like That's... there's there's like I don't even hate like I like you guys just do it better than I do. It's not even hey you should go make me a sandwich. It's I would. Like please, 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 like. Oh, no, that's would, that's that's funny. Is please, actually, like, I will beg you. <laughs> like, it's like I don't like it's. There's no disrespect in the in the sandwich thing as much as like my joke initially was disrespectful. Yes, but like uh, a girl who can make a sandwich, I will I will love you forever. I will marry you right now. No, um, like go find a cute girl that works at Togo's. You know what I mean? Like that's no. I'm saying like like I've given like girls have come to me for advice on how to pick up guys that they're friends. If with. If you bring him a sandwich, he will hear you out. Yeah. So if, if you're if there's a guy that has friend zoned you, if you bring him a sandwich and like try to like set up like hey we should go do this one day or we should hang out and this and he takes the sandwich and like either so I would say there's two levels. If he takes the sandwich, that means he's like okay okay I can see. And if he starts eating the sandwich, you're in. You're good. If you're eat, but it has to be a good sandwich. It can't just be some bullshit ham sandwich, right? If he eats the sandwich in front of you, oh you're good. man, yeah, he's he's, he's, he's about it. <laughs> he's like, yes. all right, this this lady knows how. Yeah, there you go. Uh, well, I'll take that back. <laughs> if he if he takes a bite, he he, I mean, he he might be testing the waters, but if he eats the whole thing in front, yeah, he's he's game. Yeah, he's not. That's the thing. No guy is gonna refuse a sandwich from someone that he thinks is pretty cool. And, and like, like, you unless, know, you might you might just get yourself out of the friends. Like, I mean, uh-huh. if a girl brought me a sandwich, like, wait, oh, mm. hold on. I mean, you might. I didn't be, realize I was hungry, but maybe I'm hungry now. <laughs> yeah. hmm, this is interesting. I mean, guys are dumb. I mean, that's <laughs> that's just where we're at. Like, you could you could change your fate with mm-hmm. a sandwich. That's that's just it's just how it is. Yeah. Because I remember in high school, a girl that I wasn't, I didn't even know she really existed. She like came up to me and brought me a sandwich. And it last it left a lasting impression on yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, here we are, yeah. like ten years later, and I'm like, yeah, I, I mean, we didn't date, nothing happened, but she she got my attention. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying it works if you can't just walk up to like a random dude and hand him a subway sandwich. It doesn't work. If you already know the person, it works pretty well. Okay, no, to it, no, you have to walk up to a guy mm. who thinks he knows you because a guy you think you know mm. versus a girl a guy thinks That's a he good knows. Point. Okay, yeah, you know, if you're in his world, his world, and he's mm-hmm. dumb, so you have to really, you have to think you're like a huge part of if it. You're not a stranger. Yeah, that's yes. what I'm saying. Yes. 
Yep. And if he eats oh, the sandwich man. in front of you, you have the entirety takes him to eat the sandwich to plead your case. So may the odds be in your favor. And that's one of those things like you ever, you've seen Hitch. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite one of my parts favorite of Hitch. Movies. That's a great movie. So the part where he's talking to the guy about being on the date, he's like, "Don't be nervous about being on the date. Be yourself. Don't forget that she already said yes to you." I'm like, if this dude's sitting there, you give him a sandwich, he starts eating that sandwich, you're in. So don't <laughs> don't like this. You know, don't ruin your chances. Don't work too hard. You're already in. You're good to go. And I mean, just be yourself at that point. It's true. Your foot's in the door. Which, uh, yeah, if you, I mean, <laughs> and ladies who are in a relationship, you show up to your guy at work and just bring him a sandwich just because, and just like, oh, kiss gonna, on the cheek and leave, mm-hmm. like. You're going to watch all the other dudes go, oh, he'll do, <laughs> he'll do whatever, he'll eat you out for a week, I promise. Oh, now we really have to cut this out. <laughs> this, is a, this is a PG podcast, even though we talk about drinking alcohol and getting shit based. And curse like sailors. It's the truth, though. Yeah. Eat you out for a week. Mm-hmm. I mean, most. I mean, the good ones would. Yeah. Good ones do it anyways. But <laughs> good save. Good save, Jordan. Good save. There you go. No, it's it's. Uh... No a sandwich. Like okay, you know those meatball subs we used to get at Subway when oh, we get, but like meatball good. sub with provolone, parmesan, like add pepperoni. A good sandwich. Oh man, like a, a girl like sandwich. Like any girl brings you that while you're on campus right now, like you're like wait, re- re- really? Like I mean, uh, I'll offer her the other half of the sandwich. Like you want to hang out for a minute? <laughs> <laughs> like you got some time to sit Even down. Even if you're not talk. dating, you're cool. You know what I mean? Like mm. you're like she's dope. Immediately she's dope, which yeah. is better than being in the friend zone. So like at least yeah. if you want to improve mm. your status, like mm. if a girl brought me a sandwich, I'm not sure she's in the friend zone. She's dope. She's super cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I think tomorrow I'm going to have to get a meatball sub, though, now that you brought it up. I'll be on campus for like 13 hours tomorrow. I'm going to need some lunch at some point. All right. Any final mm. thoughts? If this was a little bit hoppier, it would be Ruthless Rye. And that's what I keep thinking. It just does not. Ruthless Rye to me is an A- minus for IPAs. And this is like maybe a B. This is a B. And I think yeah. that's why I really think like it averages out to about an 85 as a brewery, which yeah. is super which good. Which is funny because this is not an IPA, but it's bitter because um, of the rye. But because for us, the distance drops – to me, it drops it down to like an 82. Like I, I It's good. If you're in Davis. And you, yeah. If, oh, yeah. If I just happen Definitely. to be – if I played a gig at like UC Davis. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to swing my thin, the three line. Almost a thin line. That's what I'm saying. Or three mile. Like – Three mile. It's off of these three beers, totally good. <clears throat> but that, that was my point. It's like we could do this crowler. We could do this crowler flight again. The first two, I'd be super jazzed to go through the the group hug and the red rider. I'd be yeah. super jazzed to go through poison name Sue. Cool as whatever. Let's tip well, this back. Well, if they had any left, uh, we could have swapped it out, or if they would have been willing to do a crowler of it, had it not been picnic day. Of the uh, Russian Imperial Stout, I think that would have made a really nice uh, rounded out flight. Sure. Colors, right? And sure. Place the boysenberry. I mean, and even know. with that, like, but again, if we next Sunday we were running this flight through a second time, like, I would, that would be cool, whatever. I'd be fine with that. Yeah. Well, it's that's the thing is it's getting warmer. All three of these beers are warm weather drinkable beers. I'd have this next to the pool. This would be good. I'd be, I'd be fine with it. 
Yeah, we also think Newcastle Brown's good in the summer, too. But that's true. Yeah, but I don't know if a lot of people think Newcastle Brown's good in the summer. New, Newcastle Brown is very good in the summer because it's it's only a brown ale by name. <laughs> it's like the Coors Light of brown ales, you know? And it's very, very drinkable. Uh, fun fact, if you drink an 8-ball stout from uh, Lost Coast, and then immediately after drinking Newcastle Brown, it tastes like bananas and brown sugar. Because of the palate adjustment. You know, uh, Lost Coast has a blonde <laughs> ale. What? That is brewed specifically for a restaurant in San Luis Obispo. <laughs> I ate at that restaurant. I can't remember oh. what the name of the restaurant really? was. But it had like a, like, okay, if the restaurant was named like Sidekick. Mm-hmm. It had like a Sidekick blonde ale brewed by Lost oh. Coast. okay. Well, have you tried the orange cream ale from uh, Ballast Point that's brewed specifically for... B-dubs? No. That's pretty good. Some of these places are making some good beer that they're not marketing. I want to say it's the Baja Blast of beer. <laughs> that's that's a good comparison. Yeah. Baja Blast is so good. It, it's a superior Mountain Dew, uh, but it's only – well, now recently it's available everywhere. But you, had only, you only could go to Taco Bell to get it. You couldn't even go to Mountain Dew and get it. You know what I mean? But for but for parts of the year, though, you know, like Baja Blast comes in and out of stores. It's Does like it really? Season. Yes. Well, I did not know that. Because I know this like six weeks ago, my friend Sarah posted on Facebook that mm. Baja Blast was back in Target, and like people okay. went and bought. All right, so mm. if we had to have a <laughs> podcast seal of approval, does Three Mile give the podcast seal of approval? I'm gonna say, for all the beers that we drink, and a lot of the stuff we drink is canned and distroed and. Really snooty. Consider the best beer that you've ever had in your life to be at the top. This would be, I'd say this would be like the 40 to 50 percentile of all the beers we've ever had that we like. Oh. So I would say it would be drinkable. It's very good. If you're in Davis, definitely go. Mm-hmm. But that's a very broad brush. That's comparing them to... Uh, Revision, New Glory, um, any sours we've had from Cascade that are fantastic. No, see, okay, and so I, I'm gonna give them a lot, right? I'm gonna so, give them the seal of approval with an asterisk because they don't okay. distro, right? So that it, we know of, that we know, we haven't of, seen it yet. But if if we saw it in a liquor store, mm-hmm. like when we go to Smart Mart, if yeah. they came out with a new hazy, we'd probably get it. We try it. Yeah, that's that's the so, thing. It's, it's, so I'll I this I'll give them the seal of approval with an asterisk. If I was in Davis, I'm gonna stop by Three Mile if I can. Well, yeah, that's, I'm that's go what stop I'm saying. By. That's what I'm saying. They're they're in the the better of the beers, but if you compare them to the beers you've had in the last twelve months, from this April to last April, where do they stack up? I don't. I think fifty percentile is a little harsh. Is it? I put them 65 to 70. Yeah? Well, because... Okay, so they're better than Fountainhead. Okay. They're better than New Helvetia. Yeah. They're better than... Uh, they're better than Culture. They're better than yeah. Helms. Yeah. They're on par with Belgian Beaver. Yeah, which... And, the, and they're probably a close second to Pizza Port. I'll give them a 70%. That's where I'm at. If all the beer we've had in the last... Mm-hmm. And that's like a super snooty score, which means... Uh, like if, um, if Burning Barrel was right down the street, we'd be going all the time. Mm. 
True. You know what I mean? Like, if it was right there, we'd just go and just go grab a pint, even though it's not our favorite. Like, I don't think this is my favorite brewery. I don't think it would be most people's favorite brewery. But you should absolutely check them out. You should absolutely go. You should absolutely make the trip to Davis. And if you just and if you've had them and you happen to be in Davis, I would totally swing by and pick up a crowd or something. Maybe not three, but this is us, you know, getting getting to try them and getting used to it a little bit. But grab a crowler, get your crowler filled. Like this is totally worth. Like yes, this is a place you should check out. Whereas like Fountainhead, I'm like, guy, I wouldn't worry about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's the difference. That's kind of how I feel. Well, I think like I if think... someone was like, hey, what do you think about Three Mile? You should go. Here's the thing. If it wasn't for the fact that that group hug was so good, excluding the group hug, just tasting these two, the boysenberry and the red ale, would you still be saying that? Or would you put them on par with Fountainhead? Would you put them on par with, uh, what was that one we went to for my birthday we walked to that was walking distance from Tower? What was that? Porchlight. 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 Mm. I put them on par with Porchlight. If it wasn't for that IPA, which is fantastic. Okay. Now here's the flip side. If you only had those two, I took away this boysenberry. Mm. Now they're infinitely better. They're like they're so much better. I would put the boysenberry and the red on the same par. You the think? Same. You think it's this? Yeah. Oh man, I think this red. This. I would even argue if I didn't know any better that these are two different brewers. Making beer. Oh, I think you're so wrong. Yeah? I think there's I think there's hmm. such a characteristic Okay. From all these other breweries though, at least what we can say, like and this is what I think kind of makes them cooler. Regard okay, regardless mm-hmm. of how the beer tasted, just reading the board, these beers pop out more than these other breweries that we're putting them on par with. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, like, the allure of try, like the branding of Three Mile is, like, really, really fantastic. I mean, like, a rye red ale, like, we're, we're going to try that. Yeah. A boysenberry pale ale, we're going to try that. This, a collab with Crooked Lane, yeah. We're we gonna love tr- Crooked Lane. We're yeah. going to try that. Yep. So we have three beers reading the board. Yeah, we're going to do that. Yep. And at these other breweries that we're comparing them to, yes, okay, yes, the product is comparable. Mm-hmm. But at Burning Barrel, I don't feel like there's as many beers as where we're like, no, nah, we're going to try that. Yeah, this one had a lot of... Like, uh, no, we're going to try it. The, the spread was good. They had diversity. We're, we're like, so. we're going to, the way they've, and yeah. this is where they play it safe, which is why I mm-hmm. think they place a little bit lower. Mm-hmm. But at least the way they play it safe is still a little bit more innovative because each of these beers has something we can't quite put our finger on. And they're not the same. Right. They're, completely, they're not completely – so this gets back to the point I was making at the beginning of the podcast is when you look at a brewer, when you taste their beers, how do you know it's theirs? And there is something between all three of these that is similar. And it's, that's what you're talking about. It's hard to put your finger on it. I think it's the malt. There's something in the well, malt. So I think I think the Red Rider is a little bit of an outlier because they use a little bit of the rye. Yeah. But, but I really think it's 50% rye versus 50% what they've been using. It's it. I don't know. It all just has a, a generalized feel to it. Yeah. There's a weird – it's almost like this flavor I get sometimes when we're drinking beer. It almost tastes like a bitter tea leaf flavor for a specific hop malt combo for some brewers. 
and I have yet to figure out exactly what it is because I don't taste it very often, but I've tasted it so far in the, the boysenberry and the red ale. Yeah. So, okay, we don't have to agree, but, like, as far as this brewery goes, this gives a seal of approval for me. Is like, you should go, you should check them out. That's not what I'm saying. I, okay. I totally agree. Check okay, them cool. out. They're fantastic. I'm just saying my original point was that we're doing this three-can feature to taste their beers and to, to – well, they're not they're good, but also – is there a specific characteristic? Is there a three-mile brewing beer type? Is there something that you, if someone handed you a blind can and you tasted it and said, oh, this is three-mile, dead on? And that's what I'm talking about. There's something that's similar between all three of these. It's really hard to put your finger on, but there is a similarity. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't quite know what it is. Yeah, I, I don't think, know what it is. Think... There's something I taste similar things between all three of these. And that's that. that I think it's. Point. I think it's. I think you're right. I think it's definitely. I think it's definitely more of a preference towards the malt. Yeah. It has Whereas to be, like yeah. Thin Line has like a very Columbusy thing going for it. a lot of the not all the time, but there's like like their pale ale. You're like, oh, this is this is Thin Line. This is a very Thin Line. Well, they've admitted that to us too. Is that they love Columbus hops. They right. use it almost all their beers. So. That's that's their thing. That's their staple. And then New Glory. Um, Using malt and the rye. And Ryan, yeah, they have rye in there. And then uh, they use an expressive ale yeast that works really well with that malt blend. Uh, Revision has another uh, malt to uh, a yeast combination that a lot of their beers have either one flavor or the other. Well, Track 7 uses some really obscure hops. Like, they're really big yeah. on cashmere hops right mm-hmm. now. You know, like, and that's... Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, it's... I it's don't know, more, and so I don't really have an answer to your question because I'm, like, my experience with Three Mile, and this is where I think, this is kind of cool with, the, like, the discrepancy between my perspective versus Chris's perspective, is Chris went to the brewery, mm-hmm. he got to, like, check out the whole board, mm-hmm. and really kind of make, I guess, an assumption, like, that's a little yeah. bit of a harsh word, I think, based on the three, like, the three beers he picked versus the board. Yeah. Right, and take the vibe versus the board versus the beers we're trying, mm. and kind of like kind of create it's, an environment in your head. Whereas like I'm flying blinds, mm-hmm. and so the the three crawlers that we have here are a little bit less diverse than what the board actually had. The board actually had pretty decent diversity. Cool, but out of the availability, this is some of the most diversity that I, the most diverse pack of three crawlers that I could find because I wanted to see the spread. No, 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 sure, 100%. So that's, so that's the there's disadvantage, There's a little bit right? of credibility where you, like, you have more of a perspective because you know the brewery. And there's a disadvantage where you might be playing into some assumptions, right, based on, like, seeing the vibe in the board and, like, just grabbing what's available. Whereas, like, I have the, the advantage of flying blind, but then I also have the disadvantage of, like, I don't have enough perspective to really form, like, like a, a credible opinion in certain respects. Mm-hmm. But I think that's okay. what's, what's kind of cool about this this sort of thing where, like, just having these three beers, like, if we had had these three beers from another brewery, I think I think we'd be like, yeah, we should go. We should, te- we should check them out. Yeah. But that's – I'm saying definitely check them out. I'm saying if you didn't know that these three beers were from the same brewer – would you think that they were related in some way? That's what I'm asking. Is there a you fingerprint? Know, is there a style similarity between the three, even though they're different styles? You beer? know, okay, so if you did a blind taste test with these three beers, 
I don't think I can emphatically say that they have a brewer style. That's so. That's the catch twenty two, right? Do you diversify? Do you experiment, or do you come up with a signature? Because I don't think right? Claim Steak has a brewer style, and they're <clears throat> fantastic. But I think New okay. Glory has a brewer style. I would say Track Seven has one too, and uh, and both of those are fantastic. Yeah. And I I think Revision when you get a Revision Hazy, you know kind of what you're yeah, getting with it. Revision Hazy's tastes like Revision Hazy's. So yeah. yeah. Yes. And also fantastic. Mm-hmm. I uh, Lost Coast has very much a style. Uh-huh. Um, Sam Adams very yep. much has a style. Sierra yep. Nevada very much has a style. But it's not it's not the case for every brewery. But like Burning Barrel, I think is trending towards having a style, but not quite. You know, like yeah. But okay, so would you consider all these like Northern California beers? Do they taste like Northern yes. beers? So they have that NorCal style. They just don't have a three mile specific style. At least, okay, at least within the context of these three beers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, no. that's what I'm saying. That's yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah. No, it's, no, it's I agree. To... And, and it's not that I, I, it's not that I don't think you're saying that. It's more for the sake of the podcast and our listeners. Yeah. Yeah, I, within the context of these three beers, I don't think Three Mile has a style. If ever Three Mile were to listen to this review, like there's nothing but love here. Like I think this is a no, great brewery, and you should definitely check them out. And that's what I, we were just talking about the the Catch Twenty Two versus uh, of uh, having a style versus diversity. When you change your beers up, when you experiment, it's kind of hard to retain the thing that's the one common factor from all your beers if you're changing that stuff up every time, right? So. They have a smaller board. Uh, they have a wide selection. So it's going to be really hard to nail down that one thing that makes Three Mile Three Mile if every single beer is different. Mm-hmm. Like like the one thing that I, I wish that Fort Rock did was experiment more. They had uh, Friends of Benefits. They had so do you think a this is version. a better brewery than Fort Rock? Yes. Oh, I would I'm so. shocked you said yes. So here's the thing. Um, Not because I don't agree, but just because. Four Four Rock's dope, and they're right there. But I was just getting to that is um, when I went to Fort Rock for their anniversary party uh, a few weeks ago, they had the Rainbow Ponies Triple IPA. Uh Uh-huh. I asked the guy at the counter if it's – because it's Rainbow Ponies. It's a a triple West Coast, specifically West Coast filtered IPA. I asked him if it's different from the single IPA that they released like two weeks prior, which was called Friends with Benefits – uh, which I did try. I, I liked it. It's a good. I like West Coast IPAs. I, I'm leaning a little bit more towards hazy these days, but it was good enough to try. He said it was completely different. I looked at the cans. What was the difference, Jordan? Do you remember? We looked at this. What was the one difference between those two beers? We did look at this. I don't really remember. So one's a single, one's a triple. Right. But the only difference, well, I guess besides being a single versus a triple, which is the amount of hops and malt you had, uh, the difference was that one of the malts was different. Otherwise, they were the same. I remember them tasting very similar. Yeah, though. but one was very heavy. One was a little bit lighter. Right. But they tried to tell me they were different beers. That, they weren't different. They were similar beers. They were just – one was ramped up a little bit more, intensified. You take a turn from 6 to 10 on the knob, the same thing. But they're not as experimental. These guys uh, – actually, it was at Fort Rock. I love Fort Rock. Fort Rock – uh, plays it safe, like these guys, you know, Three Mile plays it safe, but Fort Rock plays it really safe. Everything they have is really good. Mm-hmm. They've kind of experimented a little bit. These guys experiment more than Fort Rock. They do, which is why I think they're a little bit better. Sure. So they experiment a little bit more, and their beers are still good. 
And I think they're kind of like if if you were to say New Glory experiments a lot. And, uh, yeah. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. Just, if if you were to say New Glory experiments a lot versus Fort Rock, who doesn't experiment hardly at all, mm-hmm. which I think is a fair dichotomy. Yeah. I wouldn't say that Three Mile is the middle ground, but I do think uh, that they're a quarter step above Fort Rock. They are. They're a little bit more experimental. Because each of these each of these beers has more of an experimental quality than most of the Fort Rock board. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about three crawlers that are a little bit more like have a little bit more oomph to them than anything. I mean, we were at Fort Rock yesterday, man. These these yeah. these three have more oomph than the anything on the on the Fort Rock board that mm-hmm. I saw yesterday. Can and I say something really quick? Because I know Beer Week's coming up. I was actually kind of sad at the beers that Fort Rock's putting out compared to some of their other rivals around Sacramento. This is one of those things where they they play it safe too much, where the beers are are good, but they're not as exciting as they could be. Well. And I think okay. Do you think that that's predicated on the idea that be, of that okay? Do you think that idea is predicated on the fact that we were told they were getting an assistant brewer from Track Seven? Well, no. That's that's when they came out with like Hazy Hop Goblin. They came out with um, Space Force and a couple of other really good. Which ideas were both really good. We liked well, then a couple of others that and we liked. Dope. They had a really strong fruit ale that was really good. The tart ale, they had, came out with the brewed champagne ale. And they had a... Uh, that was really Whitney good. Whitney Brewston, which that was, was good. That was a good brown ale. That's what I'm saying. That's when when she came into the picture. That's when they started doing that. Before that, you're talking about um, uh, Daniel Pilsner. And the Marzen. The Marzen, which was amazing. It's my one of my favorite Marzens. I, I, it's, like, it's good. It's good. It's really they good. Do. But it's not, it's not an experimental. It's extremely traditional. Yeah. Which is a thing. If but you, it's better than New Glory's Marzen. It's, yeah. It, it kicks the yeah. shit out of track seven. Yes, it does. So uh, that's the thing is, is you know, if you're going to Fort Rock, that every single beer on the board is going to be good. It's just not going to knock your socks off. And that's what I'm talking about. Hmm. These guys have a little bit more experimental play to them. There's, we, if we had three crawlers from Fort Rock, we wouldn't be talking. <laughs> they this don't much quite about knock the socks off, but they're they're past the heel, right? But that's what, here's what the I'm saying. The socks are still. <laughs> here's what I'm saying. It's, they're in this, the arch. How long has this podcast been? At least an hour and a half. Um, Probably trending towards two hours. If we had three crawlers from Fort Rock, which is one of my favorite breweries, we wouldn't have an hour and forty minute podcast about Fort Rock. That was my point. Okay, well, okay, so we would maybe because it took us that long to drink the beer. Well, yeah, but, I mean, we wouldn't have this much discussion. The fact that Three Mile has a little bit more diversity, a little bit more risk, that's what we like. That's what we're discussing so much. Ready, here's an interesting question. Three Mile we go to, at least, I I seem to be going probably every other month. I seem to be in there. Three Mile? Oh, sorry, not Three Mile. Fort Rock. Fort Rock, I seem to be in there every other month. Three Mile I've never actually been to. Chris was just going to be in Davis, and I handed him a 20 and said, hey, pick some beer up. Um, <laughs> if Three Mile was swapped mm-hmm. with Fort Rock, this is a twofer, Yeah. would you go to Fort Rock hardly ever? That's the first part. Hardly ever. And yep. two, would the Barrel District be better off with Three Mile than Fort Rock? I think they're better off with Fort Rock. I would not get so I go to Fort Rock because they're near my house. I like them. It's a short drive, and they have very good beer. Huh? We'll, we'll close. Sit back down real quick. So, if they were in Davis, 
I would I would say go to them more so than Three Mile, but that's because it wouldn't happen as often. And so they they change their board up every once in a while, uh, you know, every four to six weeks. I don't know how often Three Mile changes their board, but I think Fort Rock is more consistently better. They just don't experiment as much. Um, hmm. So I was trying to say, if you get a flight at Fort Rock, every beer is going to be good. It's not going to blow you away, but there's no bad beers. If you go to Three Mile, they're more experimental. So like I, mm, so it comes back to what you're looking for from yeah, the brewery. So exactly, I don't want exactly. to do right, wrong, good or yeah. bad because you and I are very much not about that when it comes mm-hmm. to breweries. But I think, there's a lot of personal preference in these, these discussions. 100%. But I think yeah. I think you, without maybe realizing it, spoke to a lot of those those finer elements. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess I think we'll 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 leave you with those thoughts that Chris just gave you. Where depending on if you're looking for something more traditional versus something more experimental. There you go. Um, yeah. You kind, you kind of know where you should be headed, uh, and the location is what it is. Uh, you know, the three rules of real estate, location, location, location. And breweries are very much that way. Yep. Um, but uh, Three Mile, guys, is totally worth checking oh, out. Yes, hands down. Check um, it out. They're especially fantastic. if you just happen to be in Davis, swing by, grab a Crowler or something that looks good, it will be good. Uh, each yep. of these beers was good. The only thing I wouldn't really feel like killing a pint of would be uh, Boysen named Sue. But even if someone brought a Crowler to a beer party and yeah. was like, hey, let's let's crack this open. No complaints. Uh, no complaints. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not going to be my favorite. It's not going to blow me away. But whatever. Let's, yeah, let's kill it. Whatever. Yeah. Cool. And if someone brought a crowd of three round, the first thing I would say is, hey, yeah. those guys are cool. Oh, yeah. They're, um, they're dope. So with that, um, have a good night, guys. And cheers. Thanks for listening. Yeah, cheers. Thank you.